Hi, my name is Spencer Yates, and I'm here with the other members of my capstone group. Hi, I'm Patricia. Hey, I'm Muhammad Ali. And we're here today to talk to you about an issue that's not often spoken of, and that issue is how natural disasters affect poverty all over the world. Poverty is a serious issue that affects people all across the world. It's a state of living that almost anyone can end up in when they lack financial security. Sometimes it's because of job details, sometimes it's because of economic issues, but one of the less heard about ways that anyone can end up in poverty is natural disasters. Natural disasters are devastating events that take place worldwide and are hard to clean up after. It takes a lot of time, effort, and money to properly fix up areas affected by them, and those three things have to be completed or else people can be left near or in poverty. As such, my group is dedicated to spreading awareness about this issue and showing people in a community affected by natural disasters how they can help. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Muhammad Ali. Today I'll be discussing about how natural disasters like tornadoes, hurricanes, floods are one of the untalked about and underrated issues that occur in low-income communities, but are often more dangerous and impactful in low-income communities. Before the disasters, people are warned and encouraged by authorities to evacuate and leave their homes behind to prevent collateral damage or, in this case, a loss of human life. This can be difficult for most people because you have to put in consideration that these people are not just leaving their homes behind, but they are also leaving valuable belongings and years of hardship they have put in to be at this point of their lives. Natural disasters affect low-income communities in numerous ways. For instance, after tornadoes have demolished and swept through cities, those in low-income communities suffer the most. Some are left homeless after their homes have been destroyed. Some, are, some become unemployed because their workplace was destroyed by a tornado, a hurricane, etc. Some are left in devastating conditions to the point where the only option they have is to give up or sell what they have in order to survive. Meaning that if a person owned a land but their house had been destroyed after the disaster, the only option they have is to sell the landscape and buy a better house at a, at a safer location. After these disasters have occurred, most face difficulty in accessing resources. A research found that during and after Hurricane Katrina, those who live below the poverty line and a number of those who didn't own a vehicle in New Orleans neighborhood suffered the most due to a lack of transportation, which means if they had owned a vehicle, they would have evacuated in time before the hurricane hit their homes. During the Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, the government took a long time to respond because the people who live in low-income communities are not cared for as those who live in the suburbs. Here is a recording of the interview of the interviews of the victims after hurricane hit the, after the hurricane hit their homes. I would like you to listen to my recording. 
Katrina stays on my mind. It's like she there when I wake up, go to sleep all through the day. After my daddy died, I really felt like I just don't have nothing to live for. Like that was all I had. And I since he gone, I don't need to be here. But like if I didn't have my kids like on a daily basis, I'll be trying to figure out like how to kill myself or something. shot a guy because he was he went through the um over the barricade and um everybody just started running and they all they they really almost like ran over our uh, cousin like trampled over her when they have an earthquake in Nepal and you send 150,000 soldiers in eight hours we were what how many hours are we from DC and it took them seven days like, you gotta be kidding me. Did you not care at all? We didn't matter to society. That's what I honestly felt, and it hurt as a, as a little girl growing up to feel that way. Now I have to be that adult that has a heart when it's like you didn't give me one. Why should I have to give you one? My emotions towards the tornado. It was um, really weird. I didn't feel anything. It was just a dull pain. He um, spends a lot of time in the house. His grades are not doing so well. Um, it just feels like, what are you working for? If someone starts talking about the tornado or what they've experienced, I just have a bunch of like flashbacks. That's how this kind of panic anxiety works with this trauma, is that there, you can feel fine and then see something or somebody say a word and then all of a sudden you're back. Weatherman comes up and says, oh, there's gonna be rain, torrential rains, or my son will go into a panic. You know, not again, not again. That continued for a while, and he had the nightmares. You know, my daughter as well. This morning it was raining. She was in a panic. She didn't want to go. She didn't want to leave. She didn't want to go to camp. It's raining. When is it going to stop? Is it going to stop? For my son, it destroyed, it messed up a lot. He wasn't able to play like he used to. He wasn't able to go to the park. He wasn't able to see the people he saw on a daily basis. It stopped him from talking. It stopped him from wanting to feed himself, wanting to play. He just pretty much stayed immobilized. What did you say about your, your youngest sister? We haven't found her yet. If she doesn't get counseling, she will be stuck emotionally and mentally at nine years old with a tragedy. They say time heals all wounds, but I don't think that's true in certain cases. Nobody teaches you like, oh, if such and such happened, and this happens, this how you go on with your life. It's hugely important that they have many outlets to go to 
to find help and resources walking through these things. With the right support, kids can get through anything, really, with the right support. As you may have heard, the type of experience the survivors or the victims of the tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, etc. go through and experience in their daily lives. These victims talked about how children sometimes wake up in the middle of the night dreaming about what they experienced during the tornadoes. Most of the children cannot handle the pressure that comes with being a survivor, which is really a hard situation for a, ch for a child under the age of most of these children were like one year, one, two years old when the devastation took place. But as you, as parents, as parents, have to do their jobs, they try to comfort the their, their children by making them happy, being there for them. Some of the victims lost their loves, loved ones, and the only way they get comfort is by understanding that there is a better life. Just because they have gone through something that is hard and difficult, it doesn't mean they just, they just have to give up. They need your support, which means you should be there for them every time. Now, I want to introduce my fellow, Matt Patricia, and she's going to talk about her experience with her sister-in-law. Thank you for your undivided attention. Hi, my name is Patty Strauss-Sanchez, and welcome back to the How Natural Disasters Affect Low-Income Communities podcast. Today, I will be talking to my future sister-in-law, Hannah Jones, and how the 2019 Memorial Day tornado affected her family and how it is still affecting them to this moment. So, welcome, Hannah. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> good, how are you? Good, good. So, um, would you like to tell me, I mean, anything like what happened that day? Um, yeah, so I can talk about kind of like that night and like what happened. Um, so kind of like with everybody, I think, you know, like we always get tornado warnings, but we never think mm -hmm. it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So I was just kind of like, oh, it's fine. We're not going to get hit. It's going to be totally fine. We're going to be, it's just a false alarm. Like it always is. Um, I was actually at your house that night, like you yes. remember. And, um, my parents were actually not home. My brother was not home. Nobody was at the house that night. So, you know, we weren't really that worried. Your dog was at the house, right? Yeah. All yeah. of our animals were there. My dog was like a puppy then. Um, and my cats were there, so, you know, like, we didn't really think about it, but as we got closer, where the storm started coming in, we started seeing, like, um, I don't remember what the specific cloud is called, but we started seeing, like, circulations, and we were like, okay, actually, a tornado might be forming, mm -hmm. and originally, it was supposed to go towards, I think, Huber Heights or in that area, so we're like, okay, we should be fine, um, but then as it got closer, we realized that it's going straight for our house. And my dad, he called me and was like, hey, the tornado is going to hit our house. He's like, it's, you need to prepare yourself. Like the tornado is going to hit our neighborhood in our house. And like at that moment, you're like, oh shoot, like this is real. Yeah. You know? 
And so I kind of, you know, in this situation, you kind of panic and you're like, okay, I need to go be with my family. I need to go find them wherever they're at. So um, I left their house. I left your house, like kind of yeah. like in a panic. Your parents didn't really want me to leave. Yeah, but we, I was yeah. like, I was like, I, I need to be with my family because if our house actually gets hit, you know, like we got to handle this situation. Mm-hmm. So I left and um, like I was driving. I got a call from my mom when I was a little bit closer to the house and she was panicking. She was crying. She was like, the house is gone. It's, it's gone. It's destroyed. Which it really, it was, but not really, but she got me into like a panic state. And then yeah. when she told me that the call dropped and I couldn't get a hold of her cause all the mm-hmm. phone lines were down cause I was in Beaver Creek. All the, everything was like down. Everything got hit by the tornado. There was no electric. So I couldn't get a hold of my family. And as I started going into Beaver Creek, I was seeing trees down everywhere, power lines down everywhere. And then I was like, okay, um, my house could be gone. You know, like you yeah. get, you start preparing your mind for this because when you actually come upon it, like, okay, my cats are dead. I'm going to prepare myself now mm-hmm. to find them. My dog, he could be dead too. Yeah. Like, and I couldn't get a hold of anybody. So like, I was like, pr- like making all these scenarios up in my head, like, I yeah. could really be, like, this could be a horrible night. You yeah, know? my brother was trying to contact yeah, you, I like, remember. And... Like, I, I think when my mom, like, the call ended with my mom, I called your brother. Mm-hmm. And I was crying and freaking yeah. out because I'm like, my house is gone, you know? Like, I don't know what's going on, but my mom told me my house is gone. So I was freaking out, and then I think that's when the call dropped with your brother. Mm-hmm. And then he was freaking out, and then if yeah, your, it, your brother and your dad sped over to find yeah, he, me he, he like we, we thought that you probably like got stuck and, yeah, like, they, and like, that there was like a tornado coming yeah, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> they're like like trying to find me and like it was really hard to get a hold of anybody and at this moment um I was still getting used to Beaver Creek because we just moved there like two years ago like we were only there for two years and like I still haven't gotten used to the neighborhood I still haven't gotten used to like anything in Beaver Creek So, like, when things were down and trees were blocking roads, I had to go ways that I had no idea where I was going. Yeah. So, in my neighborhood, I still had no idea where I was in my neighborhood. I couldn't get to my house. I couldn't find my house. Like, I was driving around, and at that point, I thought another tornado was coming. Uh Uh-huh. So, I was trying to get home so I could be safe, but, like, I couldn't get to my house. I literally had no idea where I was because it was dark. All the trees were down, so, like, my neighborhood looked completely different. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Like, it was just, you know, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get, like, swept up in a tornado because I can't find my house. Uh-huh. Like, like, at that point, like, I thought I was, like, in really big trouble because I couldn't, like, I couldn't get to safety, you know? Yeah. And I was trying to, like, turn on the radio to see if there was another tornado coming, and I couldn't figure it out, and I couldn't call anybody to see, like, I couldn't get, like, Wi-Fi connection, so I couldn't, like, look at the weather channel. And so, like, at that moment, like, you, like I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, I'm like, how, how long did it take to my brother and my dad to find you? Um, I think it took, like, your mom called me. Yeah. And she was like, where are you at? Like, we're trying to find you. And I'm like, I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you where I am. And then that call dropped. And then my aunt called me. And then I couldn't talk to her because the call dropped. Yeah. And then I, like, found the main road after I got out of the neighborhood. And I was, like, driving in, like, I think I was driving on a sidewalk because the road was completely blocked. Okay. And then I finally found your brother and your dad sitting on a road trying to find me. And then I, like, mm. like off-roaded over to them <laughs> like, uh, yeah. my car and, like, four-wheel drive. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> so I finally found them, and we're on the main road that I could get to my house. 
So we were driving towards my house and there was a huge tree blocking the road. And that was the only way I could get to my house because every other way was blocked. Okay. So I'm like, okay. So I got out of my car and I went up in these people's yards where the tree fell and you could, you could get barely through with cars. So mm-hmm. I put my, I had my car in four wheel drive and I drove up the hill, like maybe like a foot from their door. Like I was like driving in their yard, like uh-huh. really close to their front door so I could get to my house and your brother and your dad followed me. And then finally got to my house. My family was like in the front yard. My mom was like freaking out, you know, she just built this house up and moved here two years ago and now it's yeah. destroyed. Like it wasn't completely flattened, but the front windows were blocked out, uh, broken out. The Our trailer was flipped upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our trees were destroyed. Like our roof was messed up. <laughs> so like the house was like really broken. How did the houses around your house look? Actually, they were fine. They were, I, oh, okay. I think our house took the blunt of the tornado <laughs> and protected everybody else. Like, they had minor damage. Like, I think some people needed to replace the roof. Yeah. Some people needed to do, like, the siding on it. Um, a lot of trees were down. But, like, our house took the brunt of the storm because we're up on, like, a hill. hmm And, yeah, so, like, our the one thing that freaked me out was our trailer you know our big like we have a big show trailer yeah yeah and it was literally upside down on a hill on our fence like <laughs> like seeing that is like oh gosh did you ever like on your on your way to your house did you see any houses like completely blown off or i or saw very like, damaged? it was hard to see because it was dark and yeah. there was no lights because everything was out mm-hmm. but just seeing trees like on top of houses it's just like oh my god like what's going on scary it's very scary and you know I walk up to my house and like it's blown in there's glass everywhere and I'm like yeah my dog's definitely dead or my cats are definitely dead Mm -hmm. and then I went up to my brother my brother's like the cats are in the car they're fine and then our neighbor I don't know if you've heard this but our neighbor okay so going back a little bit our front door was pushed into our house so like if you have a front door it was laying on our stairs yeah like when you walk in Mm -hmm. so there was really no way to go up the stairs but our neighbor, when the tornado happened, she heard Thor, that's our dog, Okay. inside the house, and she knew we weren't home. So she literally climbed in our house, picked up a huge lab, he's a lab, like, you know, like a, he was a puppy then, so big he's probably dog. like Still big 20, dog. 20 pounds maybe. <laughs> she picked up this dog and literally, like, climbed out of our house and had him safe in her house. So she literally, like, grabbed Thor out of our house. and That's very brave, I gotta say. I was say. like, that's yeah. crazy, you know? And um, I don't know if I'm going over my time with explaining this. But no, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, go ahead. But, yeah, she grabbed Thor, and when my parents came up to the house, I guess all the neighbors around us were yelling, like, they have Thor over at that house. Like, they have mm-hmm. him safe. And, like, you know, that's, like, a huge blessing because he could have, like, ran away out of fright. Like, he could have had a heart attack because, like, a dog – just going through that like I can't even imagine what he went through like our house the roof got lifted up and sat back down on our house Mm -hmm. and all I guess we had all the doors closed when we left and those all blew open my brother's room exploded my brother's room he had to throw everything away in his room yeah that room exploded there was glass everywhere my parents room had glass in there my Mm -hmm. room had nothing wrong with it and that's where Thor was so, like, call it an act of God, but there was yeah. a reason he was in my room that day, and there's a reason why it wasn't touched. So, which is really cool, you know? 
Um, and it's just crazy. Like, it's crazy what tornadoes do. I, I like, you don't even know. Like, it's just everything just explodes. Like, mm-hmm. all the pressure, and then it just explodes. Like, all the windows were blown out. All the doors were open. It's just crazy. But, you know, we had all those Disney statues. Yeah. We had, like, cases of Disney statues. We had, like, all this collectible stuff. Mm-hmm. None of that was touched either, which is really wow. crazy. Yeah, and, and, and I know your family loves them a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of that was touched, and it's just crazy what that kind of stuff, like, can destroy and what it cannot touch. Like, mm-hmm. that night, there was multiple tornadoes in the Beaver Creek area, Dayton area, and... You know, there was houses that weren't touched, and there were yeah. houses that got completely obliterated. Yeah, I remember days after a tornado, or even weeks or months, mm-hmm. I, I was driving down the highway, you know, with my family, and you just, like, look to the side, and there's so many buildings that mm-hmm. are still, um, that were affected by the tornado, like, completely gone, there's a lot of debris. And yeah, it, and then some neighborhoods are untouched. Yeah. It's crazy. It's It's mm-hmm. really an interesting thing, but that night was really crazy for me and my family but okay yeah <laughs> so like are you are you still affected emotionally by what happened like your family what about like your your pets your dog yeah my dog is he has major ptsd from that <laughs> night i think i kind of did like a little bit after i'm fine now but like months after that all happened i kind of have would have like flashbacks of that night and that like terror of getting swept up in a tornado or like the terror of thinking that my house is gone you know Mm -hmm. so I get those feelings back and it's kind of like just like emotional flashbacks and it just it gets you into this kind of like anxiety of like if this happens again what's gonna happen is my house actually gonna be gone is somebody gonna die like that's affected me my mom and dad I don't really know but they're still going through like our house is not built yet Mm -hmm. we're still not living in our house so just you know you never think you're going to hit by a tornado. Yeah. And you never think this is going to happen and keep going on for two years after the tornado. Like, you, mm-hmm. at this point, we thought we were going to be at our house. And it's just, like, it's emotionally draining because, you know, you're just still living this disaster that happened to you. Yeah, it is. Um, but going back to my dog, he definitely has major PTSD. If anything loud happens, he'll sit in the corner and shake Mm-hmm. for like an hour or if somebody raises their voice not even mad if somebody just raises their voice he'll go into this anxiety mode and he'll just sit there shaking and like yeah. anything will trigger him like yesterday we had a storm he was sitting in his room mm-hmm. and like my brother's room just shaking freaking out and you know it's just it's terrible but like we don't know what to do to help him so it's just, yeah, it's been... Hit. My cats are fine, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they don't really care. Yeah, that's how cats are. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, you know, there's been, like, a lot of damage, like, done to your house. And you guys bought that, like, even recently. Like, mm-hmm. be- like before the tornado happened. And, I mean, it's a, it, it was a really nice-looking house. I mean... And, yeah, you guys hired... I, I'm thinking Ram. Yeah, right. Ram Restoration. <laughs> yeah, Definitely Ram do not restoration. recommend that company. Uh-huh. And so. and you and the plan was so that that they would fix your house, mm-hmm. right? And yep. and like add new new things to it, but it's been already two years mm-hmm. and your house is nowhere to being done. Right. And um so yeah, t- tell me more about that and how it's affecting your parents financially. 
So with this house, we tried to, basically my parents wanted to add a couple things onto the house, just like, you know, little small things, which should not have been really that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But so we hired Ram Restoration, like, I think maybe a month after the tornado. So we got them hired. We got a plan of what we wanted. We gave them exact instructions of what we wanted. You know, everything was great. Yeah. They didn't work on the house till maybe like six to eight months after we gave them the plans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a house sitting there for eight months. Open, completely open. Water was getting in anytime it would rain. Um, the ceiling was filling up with water. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff should not be happening. And we actually wanted them to just completely bulldoze our house so that they could start new and not have to, like, build onto what was already existing because mm -hmm. we thought that would have been easier. We wouldn't have to deal with mold problems. But, you know, the insurance company and Ram, they... They did not want to do that. So, okay, so we were like, okay, this is what we want. We need you to start this, like, now. And still, I think after that six months, I think it was, like, a year. That's when they actually started taking stuff out of the house. Yeah. Building it. Like, it sat there for so long that the ceiling filled up with so much water it actually caved in. Mm -hmm. So I walked into the house one day, and the ceiling was literally on the floor, and there was insulation everywhere there were live wires hanging oh, wow. there was mold everywhere you know like yeah that should not be happening like that's crazy mm -hmm. and we had to like going back to like the beginning of the tornado we had to you know rent out hotels the insurance did pay for it but we had to you know get new clothes because our clothes were filled with insulation yeah. and we couldn't wear them and chemicals and dust so we couldn't wear any of our clothes we had to buy new clothes you know and that's a lot of money my brother was I don't think he was going to school yet, but in the fall he was, and my mom had to buy him school supplies because he had to throw everything away that was in his room. So, like, that's, you know, that's a chunk of money for anybody. And that was one thing that, like, we, they just didn't have that money at the time. And it's like, okay, well, we relied on the insurance. They were helpful, but, you know, mm -hmm. they can't help you with everything. We were going, we were eating out every single day because we didn't have a kitchen. And... It was just, you know, that kind of stuff adds up. Yeah. And as this has gone on with building the house and not being in our house, you know, mm -hmm. we've accrued more expenses because we can't be in our house where all of our stuff is. Like, all my stuff is still boxed up somewhere. I don't yeah. even know where half of my stuff is. <laughs> and, like, like, I had to buy a lot of new clothes because we did send our clothes to a professional cleaning company. Yeah. But they ruined, like, some of my clothes. And... I'm like, okay, so I had to buy those clothes, and that's another financial expense, like, and through this whole building, my parents have spent so much money just on buying supplies, because mm -hmm. our contractor, which is Ram, they said they didn't have money to buy it, which, yeah, that's a whole another conversation, but, like, my parents had to buy stone that was going in the house, they had to buy the flooring, buy out of their pocket, which the contractor should be buying that stuff, um, but yeah, at this point, my parents did fire that company, and we are going to hire somebody else to hopefully finish it. Yeah. Um, but right now, my parents may be like thousands of dollars of money out of their pocket just because we hired a contractor that wasn't working for so many years. Yeah. And um, but yeah, that it's been. We still don't know what the outcome's going to be. I mm -hmm. mean, we don't know. We might be going into, like, a lawsuit with them because of how they work. They've had terrible work. We have to redo the majority of things that they've done that we have to redo, and that's money out of our pocket. So, yeah. I mean, 
we don't know what the end result that's still ongoing I think it should be we're hoping it'll be done within like five months yeah and that's you know that's two and a half years like that's crazy you know and our rental house that we are having the insurance pay for that ends in May so after May we have to be paying the mortgage on our tornado house that got damaged and the house that my parents will be living in they have to pay for that with their own money yeah because um I, I i correct me if i'm wrong but your parents are currently living on a rented house um that is provided by the insurance right 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 okay and that ends after two years of when we started yeah. like them paying for the rental and those two years have already the two years passed? will end in may okay so as of may my parents will have to be paying two like Two housing payments, basically. Wow. Which, you know, that's not affordable mm -hmm. for most of the people in this world. So we don't know what the game plan is. Um, me and your brother just bought a house, so maybe we'll be moving in with us for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're hoping that's not the case, but, you know, I mean, you got to do what you got to do to help out family. Yeah. And so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's definitely been taking a financial toll on my parents. Yeah, I, I even remember a time where, like, we were even speaking about it, like, in my house about, like, like having your like if that were to happen where your family had to like get out of that rented house that whether we like would like whether you guys would go to like your other family or mm -hmm. like maybe like come here with us or <laughs> I don't know the apartment my brother's apartment <laughs> yeah. and yeah there's, yes there's a lot of family that will help I mean that's not really what my mom wants to do I mm -hmm. mean my mom she's like I like my own space but yeah. you know for a couple months, I mean, that might need to be what they do because they can't afford two house payments, you know. It's just, it's not feasible and, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping that it works out and the insurance will maybe make an exception or we can sue the company to pay for that expense. But um, that depends if they have money. Exactly. Yeah. So that company, they might not have any money mm -hmm. to pay us if we sue them. So, like, we're really taking a lot of risk with suing them because we don't know yeah. if they have money. But, I mean, my parents are just, they're stuck. They don't know what to do because they can't afford to do all this money out of pocket and pay for another rental house. And, like, you know, it's just, it's a bad situation. Okay. <laughs> it's really, it's a lot of bad situations, like, all around. So, so I'm guessing you guys are, like, yeah, you guys are in a big struggle right now. And, I mean, do you, do you think... Um, you guys will ever get out of that struggle like soon um, or or like let's say fin financially like getting money to pay for things like yeah, or think, how long do you think it's gonna affect you I think we my family will not go back to normal like mm -hmm. I don't I, I think their normal living way of living before the tornado it won't be back until maybe a year and a half yeah because I mean we had to throw away a lot of our furniture Yeah. From the tornado, and my parents don't have any of that because all the furniture that we have right now is rented. So, you know, they have to pay for that. And, mm -hmm. you know, they don't really have just money to do that because they're trying to fix the house, you know? So once we get moved back into the house, or they do, they have to pay for all these other, like, appliances and furniture. And, you know, that might take a while for them to get the money to okay. do that and pay for it. So I think. The house and their lives really will be back to normal maybe in like a year and a half or two years because, you know, there's a lot of steps that we still need to take and we don't even yeah. have our house back. So it's going to be a while, you know, and 
we're hoping that the economy stays good for my dad's business and Mm -hmm. hopefully that works out and maybe that'll quicken the going back to normalcy but yeah Yeah. I think it's still gonna take a while to go back to normal yeah and especially like with this whole whole COVID like thing going on yeah Yeah. yeah, all these factors are just totally against my parents like we got hit by a tornado we got pandemic Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like what's next like what's (laughs) happening now (laughs) but yeah yeah Okay, so, I mean, what, I guess, what is something that you have learned from this situation or that you have, like, taken into, into consideration or, like, have you, like, grown from this or? Yeah, I think, really, like, my whole family has grown from this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it kind of opened my eyes. When we got hit by the tornado, we had a, like, totally an outreach of the community. Like, the I don't yeah. know if you were there, but, like, our church, our friends, my dad's customers, they came to our house and, like, provided us with water. They yeah. were trying to help us clean up the yard because all of our trees had to be taken down. We had to take down, like, five trees. Um, they were helping us with that. They were bringing us, like, vacuums to clean up the glass all in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, there was so much outreach by the community, and it was, like, amazing. And it That's was good. eye-opening, and it was awesome to see that because, you know we get caught up in all this, like, negativity and, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, you know, our community is so bad. But it's, like, that's not really true. I mean, I think when a community is needing something, people are willing to help. Yeah. And I think that was, like, it was really, like, heartwarming for me to see that. And it was such a good experience. I know, like, you know, but, but you got hit by a tornado. But, it's like, we got so much help from people that we haven't talked to in forever. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was just really cool. You know, like, that was such an awesome moment for me to see that that's like one of the good things that came out of this you know yeah that that's that's a really good thing and i mean that's what we're trying to do with our capstone group we're trying to you know bring more awareness um to these type of situations i mean especially like for low-income communities that can't like probably get out of that situation and like trying to pay things off um and yeah we're trying to bring more awareness so that once it actually happens, we won't have to worry about it as much or mm-hmm. so that we can actually bring that community, like you said, towards them. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, it was definitely a cool experience. And I think people need to be aware of, like, people are still being affected today mm-hmm. by the tornado and they still need help. And I just, I think a lot of people have been like, oh, that's two years ago. Nobody's being affected anymore. But, I mean, there's a lot. There's still people in our house, like our neighborhood that have not even started on their house. And yeah. it's vacant and it's just these kind of situations like just imagine like florida when they get hurricanes you know yeah there's so many people that are affected Mm -hmm. because hurricanes are more out like they're more like a wider people get more affected in those and Mm -hmm. like tornadoes are so condensed i just can't even imagine just hurricanes just hitting you all the time because florida they happen a lot more (laughs) often than here you know so yeah yeah so it's just, it's crazy. I just, I think it's really important, like, what you guys are doing. Just keep awareness, and I think it's really important, this kind of situation. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming in today. Um, I mean, it's been a pleasure. So Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, and that'll be it for today. Thank you so much, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Natural Disasters and Poverty Podcast. I'm Spencer Yates, and I'm here to tell you some of the numbers surrounding it, and what you can do to help. By now, I'm, her- I'm sure you've heard some heartbreaking stories about how natural disasters can affect people. The truth is, it's a lot worse than what even you may think. 
Annually, 26 million people are pushed into poverty a year, as reported by the Global Facility for for Disaster Reduction and Recovery. GFDRR also reports that an average of $520 billion are made in losses annually due to natural disasters. Even worse, the World Health Organization reports that natural disasters kill 90,000 people annually and affect as many as 160 million people worldwide. Now, some of the ways that people can help that are not necessarily the government is by building resilience buildings, which can save upwards of $100 billion annually, as well as potentially save lives and keep people in their livelihoods. These sort of efforts could help reduce the overall impact of disasters by up to 20%. Fortunately, these sort of effects are not being put into place at the moment. However, there are other ways to help as well. For one thing, you can go look around for um, local, national, and international services and nonprofits to either donate to or volunteer to. For example, in Ohio, we have locally, especially around the uh, 2019 Memorial Day tornado outbreak, we have organizations like Miami Valley Strong or Ohio responds. In fact, most counties and states have their own disaster volunteer signups or emergency signups. So if you need to, do some research. You'll probably be able to find one or two that are specific to your area. On a national level, there's also things such as the SBC, the SBP, which um, shares messages such as rebuild, share, prepare, advise, and advocate. AmeriCares, which shares messages to be ready, to respond, and recover, and then the National Organization for Victim Assistance, or NOVA. I'm sure you've heard of it that way. Uh, All three of these organizations focus their efforts on a national scale around the United States and do things both financially and with manpower. Now, for internationals, uh, there's quite a few, but the three biggest ones I found were All Hands Volunteer, the American Red Cross, and then UNICEF. Those three are some of the most impactful when it comes to natural disasters. Now, what makes these organizations so effective is that they have very effective training for their volunteers. Now, there's two types of volunteers. There's affiliated volunteers, which are trained and have specific roles in the organization. They don't get to opt out of things unless it's incredibly important, such as them being in the hospital, and they're expected to do certain things. They're basically employed, but they don't get paid. And then there's also unaffiliated or spontaneous volunteers. They're untrained and mostly used an additional workforce in non-specific recovery and relief. This is due to the, the nature of them being untrained. They usually use just as extra manpower for moving things around, uh, passing out uh, rations and recovery efforts, and other sorts of things. Now, the sorts of activities that most of these organizations do can be split up into four types are administrative, health and recovery, transportation, and safety. Now with administrative, they have various efforts such as planning what to do in case of a disaster, organizing who will do what in a disaster, communicating to all the groups, spreading public information, and warning people. In health and recovery, there's things such as supply distribution, Um, making sure that there's shelter available, counseling victims, evacuee support, 
and reunification, aka helping evacuees find fellow family members or friends that they got separated from during disasters. In the transport area, there's critical transport, which can be things such as uh, moving people out of areas if they're injured or just need to be evacuated, and special delivery. Not special, sorry. Supply delivery, which is what it sounds like. They deliver supplies to the areas that really need it, such as food, water, building materials, medical supplies, etc. And then finally, there's safety. Safety is the most... um, Safety is the most uh, in the moment of them. Safety includes search and rescue, fire management and suppression for things such as wildfires or uh, any disaster that has the potential to spark fires. Location security, which is basically knowing where everything is and making sure that they're all known. And environmental response, which is helping to make sure that environmental does not get damaged too much because of things that happen with the natural disasters. For example, in disasters like the Fukushima nuclear um, power plant uh, disaster, which happened when a tsunami hit Japan, they had to make a lot of effort in the environmental response as the amount of radiation that could have potentially been unleashed if Fukushima's defenses had failed could have been catastrophic to the area and also the um, ocean there, considering how much water was around. Now that you've heard about these, I'm sure you're wondering, how do I get involved with that? truth is, is you just need to find an organization, sign up, decide what type of volunteer you want to be, and then decide what area you want to be in. Uh, and it's not as hard as it sounds. For example, I met someone in a college class once who uh, was an affiliated volunteer for the American Red Cross. Uh, he was a supply and critical transport uh, affiliated volunteer, which means he was specially trained and expected to help with transportation during times of disaster. So during, uh, I believe it was Hurricane uh, Maria, it was one of the hurricanes in 2018, Uh, he was called down during classes for almost an entire month as he was helping with recovery efforts. Things like that that separate people who are really willing to do what's necessary and people who just want to send back. But that's not saying that you can't do anything that isn't just going straight in and helping. You can also donate money to a lot of these organizations. Or donate other things such as supplies like clothes, food, water, etc. Now I'm sure you've learned a lot through this and there's a lot you can learn on your own as well by visiting sites that tell you about these sort of things in your area. Anyways that has been uh, how you can help with these sort of things. I hope you've learned something from me and my fellow group members. Anyways I wish you all the best of nights. Natural disasters have caused suffering all across the globe, especially in low-income communities, and have affected many people's lives. We hope that today you learned something new, or at the very least, became more aware of the invisible issue. That's all the time we have for today, folks. We hope we've taught you a bit more about our issue and what you can do to help combat it. If you want to learn more about it, feel free to visit our website. From us to you, have a great day.